0: reach the mainline where heaven waits for no one help me to direct your call um hi yes my name is ayana bakir and i'm calling from ohio the united states on on earth yes i would like to speak to god i got a couple of grievances some complaints is he available right now oh he isn't oh darn it that's right it's football season okay can just let him listen to this podcast episode. Yeah, there's some things going on on earth that I feel like he knows about, but he wants us to try and figure out for ourselves. And I wanted him to know that we're not exactly doing a good job of it. So if he could speed up the rapture, that would be great. Okay, thanks. Bye. Everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Ayana Explains It All, the podcast hosted by me, Ayana Fakir, Black Muslim lady lawyer living in the suburbs of Northeast Ohio, managing as best as can be expected, considering the worldwide catastrophes that we are faced with uh, Mm -hmm. towards the end of 2023. 2023, Ayana Explains It All is available on all Streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon Music, Pandora, and so on and so on. You can visit the podcast at our website, www.ayanaexplainsitall.com. That's A Y A N A, just one in, explainsitall.com. And you can learn about the podcast, how to support the podcast, how to rate it how to share it, how to listen. You can listen to the episodes right in the website or you can listen from a link in the website. will take you to your favorite streaming platform and you can listen that way. There are so many different ways to listen and support the podcast. So head on over to www.ayanaexplainsitall.com and find out, look around, let me know what you think. Share your opinion on our social media pages. Again, you can link to those from the website, but we are on Facebook. TikTok, Twitter, sorry, X, XXXXX. X, X, X. Instagram. I'm maintaining social media presence for not just my podcast but myself if you find me on the internet. <laughs> I am LawGirl, L A W G U R R L on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. I'm Ayana Fakir on Facebook. And if you enjoy the podcast or you know someone who might be interested in hearing my point of view on various topics, because I talk about everything, please share the podcast with your family and friends. You're going to be getting together with them for Thanksgiving. Turn on Ayanna Explains It All. (laughs) If you really want to start some fights at that Thanksgiving dinner table, turn it on. Or on your long trip from Cleveland to Denver, you need something to listen to turn on my podcast, get fired up, get ready to face your family. I have been uh, immersed in the news cycles the past few weeks. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world that deserves our attention. I knew that I wanted to talk about the genocide in Palestine. Again, I want to continue to talk about it. But there are some other things going on that I've noticed, not just about discourse about the genocide, but the lack of discourse as well. But also, there are some other things going on in the news. Really, it's kind of pop culture news, but it's news that really just has, has upset me. I'm not, I'm not upset, but I am disturbed by what I am seeing. I am disturbed. And it's been happening for some time. And by now, I'm sure most of you have heard that Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever his name is these days, Brother Love, Brotherly Love, Philadelphia Fuck, I don't know, whatever he's calling himself, he was sued by his former girlfriend, Cassie Ventura, for sexual assault, uh, rape, um, abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault, physical assault in a court in New York City, in a federal court in New York City. And the allegations in her complaint were many. And it was harrowing to read, and it was upsetting, and I am disgusted, and I am livid, really. Because here it is, another celebrity man, very wealthy, He's gotten wealthy, not just from his abilities, his talents, but the talents and abilities of a host of other people who have in the past said things about him that a lot of us brushed under the rug because of who he is. He's a powerful black man in the entertainment industry. When there aren't so many of those in the entertainment industry, you certainly don't see a lot of powerful black women in the music industry. But you don't see a lot of black men either. You see a lot of white men and a lot of white women. You see them, they're studio heads, they're studio execs, they're this, they're that. But this guy, studio head, studio producer, executive producer, executive director, video director, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he's done it all. He did it all, he's done it all. But apparently he also has a reputation for being a mean, nasty, vindictive, dishonest and volatile and violent person. And the stories have been swirling around and and, and whatever. And finally, people are going, aha, see, confirmation. They read her complaint. They read Cassie's complaint. And then people are like, oh, finally, confirmation. But the, the problem is not just what he allegedly did to her. The problem is the response from others in the entertainment industry and as well as spectators who have once again decided that a woman cannot be telling the truth about her domestic abuse, about being sexually assaulted, about being abused because one, she's asking for money and two, she waited however many years she waited to file her lawsuit or she didn't go to the police when these things were happening. Now, I don't know if you, many of you understand how power works, power dynamics, power structures, caste systems. We have those in the United States. And people are often hesitant to speak out even against their own employer when they're being mistreated because they don't want to lose their job. Now, I'm not saying that's That's the kind of relationship they had. But essentially, he was her employer. He was her boss. She had a couple of albums that came out on his record label. She was his artist, and she became his girlfriend. And while he was seeing her, he was also seeing the the mother of his children, Kim Porter. He was kind of going back and forth, dating them at the same time. Or, you know, people will say, oh, but they're just co-parenting, whatever. He was humiliating both of them, essentially because he was going back and forth and he was using them, but he was also abusing them and he was abusing his music artists too. But we're not allowed to say these things about black men because aren't there enough black men out there who are suffering? Listen, listen, listen. Sometimes we're suffering because of the things that we do, right? Sometimes it's things that's being done to us And sometimes it's things that we're doing, and we need to acknowledge that. We need to see that. We need to acknowledge that. We need to deal with it. But I'm not going to stop speaking about abuses and assaults just because the perpetrator allegedly happens to be a black man. I don't care that he's powerful and has money. I don't give a fuck that Bill Cosby was a pioneer for black entertainment and black comedy. He's a rapist. And this is what a lot of you— fail to realize is that just because someone is powerful or means something to you does not exculpate them from taking responsibility or being held accountable for their wrong actions. The same way you would praise someone for doing the right thing, you should have energy for them when they do the wrong thing. You should not overlook the wrongdoings that they commit. Simply because they mean something important to you, right? And this is what we're seeing also with the genocide in Palestine, with a lot of people in the U.S., especially people who are hardcore Democrats. I'm seeing who are hardcore Democrats or people who have a big social media following or who have important jobs at universities, et cetera. They are afraid to call out the United States for its wrongdoing because that means that they have to criticize a thing that they love dearly, a thing that they hold precious to them. And for me personally, I don't hold anything that precious that I cannot recognize when it's wrong and say something about it and press it to do better. I don't have anything that I love that much, nothing. Not a child, not a parent, not even myself. I'm the first to call out my dumb shit that I do and correct my behavior because I don't want to move on the wrong path. And I feel that same way when injustices are committed against a country, against a people, against an ethnicity, against a person. This woman came out and said, I was abused. I was assaulted over multiple years or multiple, multiple uh, trips and times and months. And, and here are these people who said, oh, look at that puff. He's a freak. Like it seemed to be the only thing they were focusing on was the fact that he has these unusual sexual habits and appetites. No, he was a whole thug gangster whatever pretend gangster piece of shit out here blowing up people's cars and dangling them over uh, windows of office buildings and beating people up and having people beat up simply to maintain coercion and control over his subjects Cassie being one of them he had others some were able to escape some died and that was the only way they were able to escape him but he has been able to get away with this because he has money and power and influence. MTV just honored this fucker. They just had a whole ceremony with his kids dancing with him on stage. He was honored by them for being uh, an icon. He's an icon because he's standing not on the shoulders of others, but on the necks and backs of other people. He's stolen from them. He's declined to give them the money that they are entitled to. He has taken from them. He has cheated them. He has turned others in the industry against them. But for Cassie, what she suffered is far worse than all of that because she literally was paying with her life day in and day out, serving at the behest of him, doing all of these tasks for him, she was essentially his slave. That's what she was. And thank God she was able to get out and she's living her life now and living her truth. But the courage it took for her to finally say, you know what? I'm not covering for this MFR anymore. And this is something that we don't see a lot, even in our own communities where women are being abused and assaulted. We see a lot of cover ups, right? We see a lot of cover-ups, but we don't see a lot of uncovering and telling and retribution, punishment for these crimes. And this happens a lot in the Black community. It happens a lot. It happens a lot where there are close communities within houses of worship. If you're in a conservative community like... um The uh, Southern Baptist Church, the Jehovah's Witness Church, uh, masjids, Jewish communities, Catholic communities. You can Google this and see all of the reports, all of the investigations that have been done on all of these communities when it comes to sexual assaults against men, women, children. All of these communities have been investigated, all of them, including my own, yes, my own Islamic community, because there are places where people continue to cover up sex abuse and sex assault because these institutions are so powerful, but not only are they powerful, but they're tied to God and worship of God and belief in God. People have tied these things to their worship and belief in God, and so they don't want to go against them. They don't want to speak against them. They don't want to hold them accountable. They don't want to make these people be responsible for their actions. And so these things are allowed to go on for years and years and years and years and years. And then it comes out in a flood of lawsuits. But the damage has already been done. I was watching this documentary on, I think it was, it was either Hulu or Netflix about the Boy Scouts of America and their sex abuse. And I don't want to call it a scandal because then that makes it seem like it's some kind of soap opera or that it's not as serious as it is. But they had decades-long permeation of sex abuse of boys from scout leaders to administrators to you know parents within the groups Decades, decades and decades. And you see in the documentary, they're interviewing survivors, but then there are people, family members, who are talking about the people who didn't make it because they committed suicide or they turned to a life of drugs to deal with their pain. And how they were so scared to say anything because it's the Boy Scouts of America. It's championed by, you know, presidents and, and church, church organizations and people love it. People love it. They love this. You see these uh, these groups everywhere, all over the world, even. And so nobody wanted to say anything because number one, when you say something, sometimes your your complaints are dismissed. Sometimes you're not taken seriously. And I've seen this even in my own uh, reviewing of responses to the Cassie Ventura lawsuit against Diddy. Is that why didn't she say something earlier? Why did it take her so long? And I've seen this from survivors, people who I know are survivors of sexual abuse, of sexual trauma, of domestic violence. You know, you know why women or people who have been abused, not just women, why they don't speak out. The number one reason, the number one reason is because we believe that no one will believe us. We are ferv- <laughs> We are fervent not only because we, we think that, but we've been told that if we say anything, we'll be killed. Or that no one is going to believe, you know, no one's going to believe a little girl when she says she's being molested. No one's going to believe a woman who's wealthy when she says she's being abused. No one's going to believe a person who's on TV looking happy every day, walking arm in arm with their abuser when they say that this person is abusing them. Who's going to believe them? Sometimes they're correct. Sometimes they're correct. They're not going to be believed, and we see the same thing with uh, the rapper Meg The Stallion. Now, this is a very um, what I thought was a straightforward case of a man shot her, and he was arrested and charged, and there was a trial. He was found guilty, and he was sentenced to prison. Boop, open and shut. But no, it couldn't be open and shut because. It's a Black woman accusing a Black man of violence, and apparently we're not supposed to do that, especially if we are not ourselves perfect people. People are always looking for the perfect victim, right? Always looking for the perfect victim. Even, even you know, when you're a, an occupied territory who's faced 70, 80, 90, 100 years of fighting and war and genocide and destruction and carpet bombing and having chemical weapons used on you. You're not the perfect victim. So I'm going to withhold my support. I'm going to reserve judgment on what should be done here. They want perfect victims. People want perfect victims. I remember when, um, This happened in Cleveland when uh, a man was murdered on Facebook Live. I don't know if you guys remember the story. I can't remember the man's name, but uh, his murderer was on Facebook Live, just walking down the street, shot the man in the head. He dies on the street. A man who had, he had kids. He had a wife. He was older. I think he was in his 70s, maybe. And he was a grandpa and he was a dad and people were feeling so sorry for him. But there were those people who were like, "Mm, yeah, but his wife was like 30 years younger than him, which means that she was so-and-so age when they met and started dating. And he's a predator, so maybe he deserved to die. No, no one deserves to have their brains blown out on the street just because maybe you don't like that his wife was younger than him. Nobody deserves that. No one deserves violence because they did something you didn't like. And this is what we're seeing with Meg the the Stallion, her case. There are people who don't like her. They don't like her character. They don't like her attitude. They don't like her body. They don't like her her raps. (laughs) I mean, just any number of list of things. But guess what? That is your problem. And how you react to it Is also your problem. What you do with how you feel about someone is your problem. It's not their problem. She doesn't deserve to be shot because she slept with a guy who didn't like her or who, you know, she wasn't really feeling. A lot of women do that. A lot of women have sex with people they don't like. A lot of women have sex just to have sex. Men do it too. Does it mean that they deserve to be shot? Does it? Does it mean that we get to shoot somebody because we don't like them, but because we don't like something that they said to us or because uh, we don't like the, the way they looked at us? Or because we don't like their actions. The, this And this is the problem. This is the problem with our society and the perpetuation of violence in movies and TV shows and music is that we believe that we can solve any problem, even our disdain for someone with Violence. We believe that violence is the way to solve these problems. And we're not engaging in any kind of conflict resolution. It's crisis management. It's conflict management. We're not engaging in conflict resolution because when you harm someone because you don't like them or the way they looked at you or the way they talked about you, you're just creating a bigger problem. You're creating more problems. You're not solving anything, especially not for yourself. You've just created another problem for yourself. Now, if Tory Lanez didn't like Meg the stallion, fine. Leave her alone. Get away from her. You didn't like the way she was treating you. You didn't like that, you know, she slept with you and didn't want to have a relationship with you or she called you a short little motherfucker, whatever. Okay. Go away. Why are you still in her face? Why did you think you needed to shoot her because you didn't like her? You're a rapper. Do some uh some diss tracks. Make a little diss track. Diss track would have been much safer and you would be free now. But no, 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 no. We solve our problems with violence. And we see this a lot. In, <laughs> I mean, I'm drawing parallels between all of these things, but Because they're all kind of, for me, intertwined. I'm seeing the same kind of lines of thought here is with the genocide in Palestine. Instead of resolving the conflict, the international community is just seeking to manage the crisis. And it's the same with uh, Israel. Instead of resolving the conflict, they're doing collective punishment and they're killing so far over 10,000 It might be up to 11,000 people. Palestinians now have been murdered, men, women, children, babies, newborn babies, killed. Because maybe these people are Hamas, maybe they're not Hamas, maybe they support Hamas, maybe they're hiding Hamas. Whatever excuse you want to use, instead of resolving the conflict, they are creating more conflict. They're creating more death. They're creating more destruction. And the more we press the issue, the more the international community is saying, okay, finally, well, maybe it is, maybe it's enough death. Because maybe they're seeing now that this isn't uh, financially lucrative for them. Maybe bombing churches and masjids and schools and hospitals and apartment buildings and shooting people on the street. Well, this, this is barbarism. It's not economically lucrative. It's not going to bring in the dollars. It's actually going to cost you money. The more they do this, it's going to cost you more. So maybe you want to scale back. Even the media is, is slightly turning on Israel, right? And this is what, this is the funny thing that I found about the media. After 9-11 in the United States, the media, woo, especially in the US, they love the fuck out of George W. Bush. Could do no wrong. Him and Dick Cheney. And Donald Rumsfeld could do no wrong. Colin Powell could do no wrong. Could do no wrong. What happened? Well, Hurricane Katrina happened. And suddenly we started to see exactly how wrong we were about them not being able to do any wrong because they did a lot of wrong. And the media, not just Kanye West, (laughs) the media turned on George W. Bush. They turned on him. And towards the end of his presidency, and especially when he's standing on that, that, that ship with the mission accomplished sign behind him, people had completely turned on him and were sick of him and wanted him to be gone, which is one of the reasons why Obama was able to step in with his message of hope, bring everybody together, and garner the most at that time popular votes than any other presidential candidate people were sick of George W Bush and his lying ass by then people had figured out that there were no weapons of mass destruction that we had been lied to about that and so we went in a different direction we went in the direction of hope and change but but even even now even now they've turned on Joe Biden <laughs> Oh, they've been turned the fuck on Donald Trump. He's he's such a, a tragic, a tragic person. Ever seen somebody go out sad? If you want a definition of going out sad, that's some going out sad shit. Like, Diddy's going out sad, but Donald Trump is going out fucking sad. Sad. No one would blame you if you just sat your ass down somewhere and just did some grandpa shit. Like, at the end of... um what was it? uh, The Godfather. When Vito Corleone is sitting in, he's in the orange grove (laughs) with his grandson chasing him around. You know, he's got the whatever in his mouth and he's scaring the kid and he just, you know, keels over and dies. No one would blame you if you did just went off and did some golfing and some grandpa shit and was never heard from again. We would understand. I mean, you're still going to get prosecuted, but we would understand if you didn't want to also deal with Running a presidential campaign because why the fuck are you even here? You're going out sad. One thing you never want to do is go out sad. You can go out, but sad, no. See, if Diddy had just taken his shit and left, but people always want more. They want more power. They want more adulation. They want more attention. They want more money. They always want more money. There's always more money to have to get. This country, this great country, the United States of America, it's always searching for more resources, more money, more ways to get money, more ways to earn money, more ways to keep money. This is why we're even still an ally with Israel. Israel is a bombing piece of shit and we're still their ally. Why? Because it is lucrative for us. Now, this, wo- this genocide, I don't even want to call it a war because it's not a war. This genocide is maybe proving not so lucrative for them because for Joe Biden, it's costing him votes and popularity. People are not up for spending more billions of dollars in a country that is not our country to fight a war, excuse me, that is not our war. We don't want to do it. We're tired. We are tired. If you have an issue with your government. You have an issue with the politicians that are running the government. You don't want your tax dollars going to this program, that program, this war, that war. Why the fuck aren't you voting? Period. There are a lot of people who just don't fucking vote. And I've said this so many times before and I'll say it again. You do not allow someone to tax you and not give them a referendum on the job that they are doing. You do not allow someone to tax you to take your money and then not use your voice to tell them about the job that they're doing. You don't do that. You're allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. And I don't feel sorry for you. I don't. You want me. You want me to reach out and help you for your particular angst against the world. But my angst is that my community is falling apart. The roads need paving. The holes, the potholes need filling in. We need cleaner air. We need cleaner water. We need more resources for the homeless. We need more resources for uh, health equity. We need people to have health insurance. We need people to have healthcare opportunities, education opportunities in this country You're not voting for any of it to help any of it. But when you're in trouble, when your people are in trouble, you want the whole world to drop what they're doing and be on your side. Now, listen. I'm going to help. I'm going to help you because that is the right thing to do. That is the right thing to do because peace and justice is not transactional. You ain't got to do shit for me for me to help you. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. That's how I feel. But a lot of you don't feel the same way. A lot of you don't feel the same way. But you want me to help you. I'm going to help you anyway because it's, it's doing what's right. Fighting against genocide. Fighting for the liberation of a people. Fighting for de-apartheid. decolonialization, De-occupation. Fighting for the removal of these racial caste systems is the right thing to do. It's an injustice, and it needs to end. But what is happening over here is also an injustice, and it needs to end. There are so many issues that could be fixed if people would just go to the polls and fucking vote. Vote. Not only vote, vote in the primaries, because that's the first step. Get names on the ballot of people who are going to fulfill your wishes. And I, I, again, I've said this before, but people think voting buys them a happy ending. People think voting buys them good results. It doesn't. You could vote for a person and then things could go horribly wrong or they could turn out to be corrupt or they can turn out to be ineffective. That is a chance you take. But at least, at least you tried. And I cannot accept not trying. I don't accept it. I don't accept giving up. I don't accept throwing up your hands and going, well, uh, you vote, and then these people, they turn out to be genocide supporters. Uh. I'm not a genocide supporter, but I voted for Joe Biden. I'm not a genocide supporter, but I voted for Joe Biden, who happens to be somebody who cannot end a genocide in a small country. That is one of our allies who thinks it's okay to send our tax dollars to support genocide, who thinks it's okay to send our tax dollars to commit bombings against a group of people. That is a genocide. You get what you get. You get what you get. Did you know that was going to happen? No. Did you know that this was going to be the result of what you voted for? No. Does that mean you should never vote again? Absolutely not. And I tell you why. Because now we are seeing more and more the type of people who are getting into office because so many of us feel powerless. And so these idiots, these barbaric idiots, these almost, I mean, nihilistic, really, people are getting into office and they're turning our government into a clown college. And we, the people who have the power to stop them, are not stopping them. But more and more of us are seeing this and noticing what's happening, and we're moving to stop them. We are moving to stop them. Recently in Ohio, which I think is wonderful, an issue was passed for an amendment to go into the Constitution that secures reproductive rights for women. For, for all people, really. That's great. And there's the decriminalization of marijuana possession and the state control of commercialization of marijuana, which means that fewer Black people and Latinos will be filling the jails and prisons of our state over possession and sales of marijuana because really that's all the jail and prison system has been (laughs) filled with lately. The war on drugs has been a failure. It's been a failure for our racial minority communities because it's taken so many of our people from our communities, but it has been successful for law enforcement, for states, for the federal government. It's made them billions of dollars it's allowed law enforcement and state budgets to be swelled with millions, billions of dollars of taxpayer money to fight this war, to provide training for police officers, to pad the pockets of police departments. It's allowed them to have access to equipment, to special uh, forces, uh, SWAT teams, and etc. It's given them money, money to hunt. To hunt black people. They have been given money to hunt black people. But again, instead of crisis and conflict resolution, instead of resolving the issue, you just decide, no, we'll just make it legal then. You see where I'm going with this? You could have just decriminalized marijuana a long time ago. You could have decriminalized it. And then you wouldn't have to worry about having uh, uh, an amendment or legislation passed that says it's okay for people to do this. You could have just stopped criminalizing this drug, not only because it has led to dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of arrests, thousands of arrests of people who are now labeled drug offenders when they're really just some people who maybe have a drug habit, a drug problem. They just enjoy smoking marijuana. You could have just decriminalized it. Now, now you've seen a way for you to make money off of it again. Again, it's all about money. It's all about money. It's all about money for the government. That's all it's ever going to be for the government. And when I tell people they don't understand how government works, they only understand how politics works, it is the truth. We need money to do things. We need money to do things. We don't even really need people to do things. We need money. And, yeah, there are people, thousands, millions of people willing to give us money to do things for free, scot-free. Not tell us how we're doing, not let us know that there's a problem, not caring that there's a problem, allowing the same congressional representatives to be elected over and over and over, decade after decade, after decade. allowing the same kind of legislation to be passed through, allowing the same kind of budget arguments and fights to be uh, hashed out every six months or so, allowing the same shit to go on. And here, just take our money. and not say anything about it. I can't accept that. I can't accept not saying anything. I can't accept not saying anything. Like it took Miss uh, Ventura years to say something, but she said something. What about all the people who said nothing? What about all the people who witnessed what was happening to her and said absolutely nothing? What about all the people who witness what's happening to Palestine, the genocide, and say nothing because it means that they would have to criticize Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Kamala Harris, and Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, who, had, who got on the view the other day and just told some blatant fucking lies about uh, Hamas and about how wonderful Israel has been to the Palestinians and Gaza and the West Bank. And really, it's just this terror group that's the problem. That is a fucking lie you lying piece of shit that is a fucking lie her lies have been debunked and of course they have but this is not unusual for her it's not unusual for bill clinton it's not unusual for barack obama or uh joe biden remember joe biden barack obama and hillary clinton were senators during 9/11. they were senators in 2003 when Colin Powell presented his case for war with Iraq, they voted for war. They voted for invasion. They voted for invasion because they were lied to. They were. And before his death, Colin Powell blamed an, an intelligence failure. He said it was the failure of the intelligence that he received in the international community and the contacts that they had out in the world were telling them that these things were going on. And to him, I say, I mean, you'll never hear it because you're dead. You're full of shit. You're a, you're a general, you're a general fucking general. And, and well, it's, it was the, the intelligence. We were only given limited information. Okay. You were given limited information. You were given a little bit of information. You took that limited. You knew it was limited information. You knew maybe it was kind of fuzzy, maybe it was kind of hedgy. And he made a case for war against a country that had done nothing to you. That had done nothing to us. Sure, Saddam Hussein was a piece of shit. And his people were tired of him. He was attacking the Kurds. He was using chemical weapons against his own people. But guess Who else is using chemical weapons against a people? Yes, that is right, Israel. Using white phosphorus against Palestinians. Chemical weapons. But who's stopping them? Not even the most powerful, allegedly, nation in the world, the United States, can stop them. The same way we haven't been able to stop Russia from taking over Ukraine. Russia took over several. Little tiny countries bordering it because it wants the USSR back, and the United States hasn't been able to stop it. Not that they were necessarily okay with what was happening, but they didn't do much to stop it because, again, they saw these rebel groups that had taken over in these countries. And what do we do with rebel groups? Oh, well, we label them terrorists. And instead of helping, These people keep control of their government. We just allow Russia to take over because it's easier. Just allow Russia to take over. Russia took over these countries and now it's taking over Ukraine. And guess what? It's not going to stop. It is not going to stop. It must be stopped. The same way Israel is not going to stop attacking the West Bank and Gaza because this isn't just about Gaza. It's about the West Bank too. They are rounding up People indiscriminately, indiscriminately at times, and putting them in Israeli jails, prisons, without trials, without charges, without due process. People are not seeing their families again. People don't know where their family members are. Maybe they're dead, maybe they're alive. And maybe the reason they're in these jails is because they liked a post or they showed some kind of support to. Freedom fighters to people fighting back. Oh, you're not allowed to fight Israel back, by the way, because if you do, that makes you a terrorist. Even though they're blowing up your hospitals and your mosques and your churches, you're not allowed to fight back because that makes you Hamas, right? And Hamas is bad. And all of this has just culminated into one big quagmire of getting on my nerves. And I want to keep talking about these things. I want to keep talking about them. But I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight about this with people anymore. It's gotten to the point where there are maybe literally five people that I now respect and follow on social media. (laughs) Because all of the other people have somehow gone dark when it comes to the genocide in Gaza. Or when it comes to women speaking out against the violence they experience. Or when it comes to criticizing politicians, they've gone dark. Some of them will even yell at you and get in your face about it. How dare you? You can't talk about Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is the best damn thing that ever happened to you. Oh, I bet you wish you voted for Trump. No, I don't. I don't. I would never... I would never. Because guess what? He refused to allow Muslims to even come into this country. And maybe some of you feel good about that. Maybe some of you are okay with that. I am not. I am not. And he has already vowed, vowed to expel every Palestinian from this country. And you see all of the um, congressional representatives from the House of Representatives standing up with Israel, standing by Israel's side, saying Hamas is bad, Muslim terror is bad, 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 bad. We stand with Israel. Why? I watched this video <laughs> and I know people have seen this because it's, it's I, the, I can't remember the woman's name, but she was being interviewed on, um, I think it was Israeli television. She was a, she's a Christian woman, an elderly woman, and she lives in Jerusalem. And the interviewer asked her why she lives there. And she said, because this is where Jesus was born. And he's coming back here. First of all, if he is, you'll be dead before you ever get to smell his hair, honey. Second of all, If he's coming back there, you think he's not going to show up to where the rest of the fuck of us are? You think he's just going to stay right there? Somehow the news, (laughs) the word of what the rest of the world is up to is going to get back to him. I, I think it's going to get back to him. So you don't need to go to Jerusalem or Bethlehem or none of that. He'll find you. He'll find out what's been going on. He'll especially be um, interested in hearing how the people of his lineage have been bombing his birthplace and the homes and religious institutions of his cousins and brothers and sisters. Be very interested in hearing that. So just stay where you are. Just stay where you are. And the woman said, um, the interviewer said, well, what do you have to say to Christians who say that they're being persecuted by Israel? Oh, well, they're not being persecuted. This is not persecution. And the video cuts to um, a, uh, uh, a priest or a reverend. I think, he, I think he was a reverend. Maybe he was a priest but he was saying how his congregation has been dwindled and how his churches have been destroyed. Like one of the oldest churches in the world was bombed and destroyed by Israel. And you would still have Christians on the other side saying, oh, it's, it's because of Hamas. Hamas is the reason. We have to do this. We have to kill and bomb in order to clear this all out. They don't care about God. God is not their mission. Jesus is not their mission. There's no religion in any of this. That's why I call it nihilistic, because the end is the end. The end of it all is what they want. The end of it all is what they want. They don't care how they get there. They will bomb and kill and murder and bomb and kill and murder. And, and let's just clear this right here. I don't give a fuck what you have to say about Hamas. They're, you know, Islamic terror group, whatever. You guys label everything an Islamic terror group. Everything. Anything you don't like is an Islamic terror group. But they want Hamas out and they want the Palestinian authority to rule in Gaza. But again, that's conflict management. It's not conflict resolution. And the Palestinian authority isn't an authority that most people want anyway. It certainly isn't going to be effective. So here it is again, the United States and the rest of the international community saying what they want for this occupied territory instead of allowing the people to choose because you're afraid that they're going to choose another terror group. You're afraid of what people are going to choose when they have a choice. And so you want to control it for them. That's bullshit. No one wants to go from one system of control to another. They don't want to go from one system of control to another. The United States uh, recently, (laughs) I would say in the last 25 years or so, has not been so good at conflict resolution. I would say that the last good thing we did as far as conflict resolution is concerned is the, the North Ireland peace process, which surprisingly... Bill Clinton helped to broker. People love Bill Clinton. People love him, despite him, uh, despite his sexual proclivities and his lying. He actually did some good there. That is why the people of Ireland are so staunchly in favor of a free Palestine, because they know what it means to be occupied, They know what it means to have to live under an oppressive rule for hundreds of years. They know what it does to the people. They know how it divides and kills and conquers. And they don't want to see that anymore around the world. And I don't blame them. I am right there with them. I don't want to see anyone conquered and controlled. I don't want to see anyone killed because of who they are or abused or assaulted because of who they are. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm tired of it. And if you're not against these injustices, then you are for them because your silence is complicity. Your silence is complicity. You are complicit in these actions when you say nothing. Even if you believe it doesn't affect you, the fact that you are seeing it and hearing about it should warrant some kind of condemnation from you, even if you don't understand it. And this is another thing that gets on my nerves is people purposely failing to understand a conflict, even if they say they are for a free Palestine. Some people don't know why they would be for a free Palestine. They just know that it maybe it's cool to be for a free Palestine. No, you really need to understand why these people need to be free, why they want to be free. And there are many books that you can read on it. There are also dozens of articles about it. I would say choose some neutral source like Amnesty International or Human Rights Watch. But even the United Nations, which unfortunately has suffered great losses of staff in this genocide, this latest genocide, even they have had some role in perpetuating this. They have tried for decades to get Israel to pull out of Gaza and the West Bank to give the Palestinians their land back. But because it has no real teeth, these U.N. resolutions have no real teeth. Nothing is being done about what they want for Palestinians. And they've allowed Benjamin Netanyahu to come and speak before them and show them a land, a, a united Arab world that, where Palestine doesn't exist, where Palestinians aren't even thought of. And they allowed this to happen. They legitimize this motherfucker, this cruel motherfucker and his intentions. And then they sit and they vote on ceasefires and, and they vote on humanitarian aid and still nothing is getting done. They're voting, they're voting, they're voting, they're voting, they're voting and they're talking. But the international community, you have to wonder how the international community got to this point where there is conflict never-ending, deadly conflict all over the world, all over the world. I mean, it's everywhere. We're seeing genocide everywhere, war everywhere. We're seeing environmental disasters everywhere. We're seeing a rise in asylum to the United States and to European countries like Spain and England and France and Greece we're seeing a rise in immigration. People are fleeing, fleeing these underdeveloped countries. Why? Why? Why is the international community falling apart? And when I say the international, I'm, I'm talking about all of the countries. I'm not just talking about the ones that you think are the most powerful And speaking of that, the ones you think are not as powerful, Indonesia, India, Pakistan. These people are for a free Palestine. They're tired of seeing this genocide. They're tired of the occupation. They're tired of the apartheid. They're tired of it. They're tired of it. They see that it's wrong. They see what's going on. They see that it's destructive and barbaric and they want it to end. We see so much of this internationally and at home and we want it to end. But unless we speak up, unless we say something about it, unless we say, speak out against the injustices that we see, we see women and children being abused. We see men Being abusive. We see women being abusive. We see mothers abusing their children. We see these things and we don't say anything. If we don't say anything, it is not going to change. It is not going to get better. It simply is not. And maybe when you say something to the person, nothing changes, but maybe you try to change the systems that allow these kinds of issues to grow. Maybe you try to change the communities for the better. Maybe you try to change the justice system for the better. I wouldn't even call it a justice system. I I would call it uh, a system of prisons and jails. Maybe you want to do something to change that. So maybe you vote. Maybe you use your voice and you vote to change it. Voting does make a difference. Voting makes a difference. Using your voice anyhow makes a difference. Don't Be silent. Don't be silent. We are all fighting a system of of oppression. We are all fighting a system of oppression, especially if you live in the United States, you're fighting against a system of oppression. And it is the same system for many of us that the Palestinians are fighting in Israel and Palestine. It is white supremacy. But nobody believes black people when we tell you guys how fucked up this situation is, how it's been living in the United States. You all think that we're exaggerating and we should just get over it. And Things are better now and it's all better and America is not racist. And now you're seeing people who did not see it before. You are now seeing that we were correct. Your tax dollars being used to perpetuate war, being used to perpetuate genocide, the fact that there are conflicts going on in the Sudan and the Democratic Republic of the Congo and in other portions of East Africa because of the natural resources that are island that are rich in these regions. They're being used for their natural resources, but they're also being used as sites of environmental dumping. They're also being used as sites of waste dumping. There are places where the water, there are no fish in the water because it's full of toxic chemicals. There are places where people are dying, killing each other to maintain a system of oppression, a system of oppression that enriches a few and hurts many. But it's the same in the United States with the the Me Too movement and just basically overall when women are saying how things can be for us in the workplace and people are not believing us, they're not believing that we're being harassed and assaulted and hunted. People don't believe women when we say that we are being treated poorly and unfairly and the conditions are terrible. They think we're exaggerating, and we are not. We are fighting every day. We are fighting every day. Every day women get on the horn and we say the things that are happening to us, and people push back at us and tell us to be quiet, that we're exaggerating, that we're doing too much, that there's nothing that we can do because we need whatever system is in place to help us to maintain income that we need to keep quiet because it's not our time to speak. We have to defend our humanity. We have to defend our livelihoods. We have to defend our lives every day. Black people have to do this every day. Palestinians have to do this every day. And I know Jewish people feel like they have to do it every day too because, again, again, white supremacy is killing all of us it's killing all of us. It's drowning out the good voices. It's drowning out the important voices. It's drowning out peace. It's advancing barbarism. It's advancing injustice and prejudice and apartheid. Even for people who might benefit from it, even for people who might benefit from it, they are tired of seeing their name, their religion, their beliefs used to advance evil. Don't be silent in the face of injustice. Even if it means that you have to criticize something that you love so much, even if it means that you have to look at the thing that you love, it's like when people find out, you know, later on in life that their mama or their daddy ain't shit. It's a blow. It's a blow. It's tough. It really is. But you have to reconcile. You have to deal with it you have to come to terms with it and there are a lot of things that we have to come to terms with and that starts by looking at the gaping wounds fixing fixing the flesh fixing the blood fixing the bones fixing the joints repairing them closing them up moving on to better things and this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care.